Hello to my 1513 family. I am so, so excited to be here. If you are hearing my voice right now, that means that something of what I'm about to say has to be true. Um, the stories in my mind sometimes keep me from doing things that God has called over my life. But what I have learned about God is that his word is good and what he says go. And he is continually rewriting the story. And so the fact that the story and the lies that I've been telling myself haven't got the best of me and I'm here right now speaking to you all is just proof and evidence that he does rewrite the story and that his word is so. My name is Lauren McCain. I didn't say that. Hayden is one of my dear, dear friends that I've met in this past year. And I am so, so honored to be a part of 1513 and everything that uh, they're doing and things like that. If you have not already, please, please, please follow us on Instagram at 15 spelled out the number 13 underscore. Um, there's just going to be so much that's going to happen this year. I don't know what it is. I don't know the details, but I know it's going to be good. I don't want to take up too much time, so I'm going to jump right, right in to what we're talking about today. The title of this message is It Is So. Last week, we learned that God is for everyone and God accepts and loves everyone. And this week, we are learning that God is committed to the story and his word is good and what he says goes. We're going to read some scripture. I'm going to give you guys a few points, but I want to keep it as clear and concise as I possibly can. So I'm going to just give you guys the points right off the bat. Then we'll read the text and then we'll tie it all together. The first thing that you need to know in the title of this message called It Is So is that God is committed to the story. The second thing is that he bought it all back. And the third thing that we need to know is our story fits into his story. Let me just give it to you guys right off the bat. I am obsessed with love stories. Any story of love that is right up my alley. I love love songs. I love rom-coms. I love romance novels. I literally still to this day cry over High School Musical 3 because that is how much I adore stories. I love to write stories. I love to listen to music that make me cry just because I'm just thinking about all the love swirling in the air and I've been like that for as long as I can remember. When I thought of these love stories, I wanted that to be my life. Especially when I was younger, all the things I used to think about is I want my Troy Bolton, okay? I want to live my life like it's golden and have all the guys after me living my best life. But even all of that hoping and believing and praying, I became to committed to the story that I wanted to tell. But somehow over time, that story was not <laughs> what I thought of in my head. The truth and the reality of the story that I was telling was filled up with a lot of pain and anxiety, low self-esteem. It showed me at that time that I had became everything that I never thought that I would be. And that was a really scary place for me. I don't know if you guys have been there. But um, it's so funny that when I thought of what my life would be like and all the things that I would do and accomplish, the way that I would be in love, it didn't match up to what I thought in my head. And when my story was just filled with shame and me feeling unredeemable, I really didn't know how to deal with that. And my faith in God, I don't know if it started to waver. I don't know if I was just shaking in my boots, but I just felt so, so bad that I had gotten here and I had no clue how. Um, 
And so let's jump right into the word and then I'll wrap this all up. The text I'm reading from is Isaiah 46 in the NIV version. And it is about 14 verses, but I hope that we can just kind of stick it out together while I read and we go through it. It says, the images that are carried about are burdensome, a burden for the weary. They They stoop and bow down together, unable to rescue the burden. They themselves go off into captivity. Listen to me, you descendants of Jacob, all the remnant of people of Israel, you whom I have upheld since your birth and have carried since you were born, even to your old age and gray hairs, I am he. I am he who will sustain you. I have made you and I will carry you. I will sustain you and I will rescue you. With whom will you compare me or count me equal? To whom you liken me that we may be compared? Some pour out gold from their bags and weigh out silver on the scales. They hire a goldsmith to make it into a god and they bow down and worship it. They lift it to their shoulders and carry it. They set it up in its place and there it stands. From that spot it cannot move. Even though someone cries out to it, it cannot answer. It cannot save them from their troubles. Remember this, keep it in mind. Take it to heart, you rebels. Remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand, period, and I will do all that I please. From the east I summon a bird of prey, from the far off land a man to fulfill my purpose. What I have said that I will bring about, what I have planned that I will do. Listen to me, you stubborn hearted, you who are now far from my righteousness. I am bringing my righteousness near, it is not far away and my salvation will not be delayed. I will grant salvation to Zion, my splendor to Israel. When Hayden and I talked about what we wanted 1513 to kind of look like, and he was just bringing up his ideas to me, he made it very clear that he wanted what was being said to be accessible and relatable to everyone. When I think about that, it's a little bit nerve wracking because we're all in very different stages of life and our walk with Christ. Some of us have never met or just experienced relationship with Christ and some of us have been doing it for the long haul. But I think everybody knows what it feels like to build up their own story. Let's start in verses one through two. It says, the images that are carried about are burdensome, a burden for the weary. They stoop and bow down together, unable to rescue the burden. They themselves go off into captivity. This goes back to what I was talking about earlier. Man, I hoped, I believed, I worked and I toiled to create gods of my story that I could worship. When I thought about the things that I was worshiping, the things that I really wanted to see to come to pass, the things that I was hoping for, it was for my story to come true. I was not so worried about God's story to come true. I just wanted him to not leave me while I worshiped my story. And it said, When it says, unable to rescue the burden, they themselves go off into captivity. The God that I was worshiping, the God of my story, became a burden that couldn't even help me with my own burden, which was the story that was being told, opposite of what I really wanted to happen. And um, it brings us right into verse three. First point, like we said, is God is committed to the story. Let's read it. Listen to me, descendants of Jacob, all the remnant of the people of Israel. 
you whom I have upheld since your birth and have carried since you were born. That is God saying, I'm committed to the story because I'm the one that starts the story. He goes on to say, even to your old age and gray hairs, I am he. I am he who will sustain you. I have made you. I will carry you and I will rescue you. And when we read that, it's like God is the one that keeps the story going. God's the one that starts the story and God will be there to the end of the story. When you think about God, we're like, God is sunshine and flowers and happiness and very much so. My boy, he is very much like that. But God is also power and strength and fiercity. And this is something that my pastor said. He said, God is committing to see me free. That could be from people. That could be my, uh, to the story that I'm telling. That could be the things that aren't serving me. God is committed to seeing us free. And he's committed to the story that he starts, is sustaining, and will finish. Period. Let's just get that out of the way. So they read to the next part. It says, with whom will you compare me or count me equal? To whom will you liken me that we may be compared? Some pour out gold from their bags and they weigh out silver on the scales. They hire a goldsmith to make it into a god and they bow down and worship it. They lift it to their shoulders and carry it. They set it up in its place and there it stands. From that spot, it cannot move. Even though someone cries out to it, it cannot answer. Speaking of stories, to make a long story short, y'all, I was in love. I was in love with this guy and we were together and it was amazing. There were some great parts and there were some not so great parts, but that ended and I lost a lot during that process. I remember talking to my sister and just telling her like, I've lost so much. I lost my dignity and my integrity. I feel worthless and I don't feel special anymore. And I feel like the favor of God, his hand over my life is gone. And I was just going on and on and honey, I was going on and on and on about what I lost. And it brought me back to Matthew 6, a little detour. It says, you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God in his rule. You're blessed when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you. Only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. That's Matthew 5, verses 3 and 4. And in that moment, my sister asked me a very valuable question that um, I'm going to ask you guys today, that I'm still asking myself. I said to her, I was actually in the internship, and I said during a teaching, I feel like I sold myself off. I sold off the essential things, the things that God spoke over my life to worship small gods of my story that I made. And um, that's when I felt so unredeemable, like God couldn't buy me back. And my sister asked me this question. And like I said, I'm going to ask you. She said, did you really lose everything or did you just lose the story that you wanted to tell? When we say God bought it all back, you can see in countless places in the Bible where God is speaking to us and he is saying, you might have sold yourself off. You might have created a God that can't move, that can't talk, that can't rewrite your story. But I bought it all back. I'll take you and I'll take your story and I will rescue you. When it says that they hire a goldsmith to make it into gold and they bow down and worship it, they lift it to their shoulders and carry it, they set it in its place and from there it stands man. I had completely identified myself 
with my story and thought I was so lowly and so unredeemable that God couldn't save me. But here is how we know God is so committed to the story. He says, if I am everything and I have not left you, then how did you lose everything? You just lost a story that you wanted to tell that you shouldn't have been worshiping anyways and I had to detach you from that so that I can embrace you. So the story that I'm telling, the things that I spoke over your life can live there and not be pushed out by all the other things that you're attached to. When I had that confirmation in my heart and my soul that God brought me back, I might have sold myself off. But it says in Isaiah, honey, what I think I, in Isaiah, I don't know, but I'll have to find it. But it says that God will sold off the whole entire creation to buy us back. He is committed to the story and he is buying the whole story back because what he has spoken and what he has said over your life, it is so whether you want it to be or not next point number three our story fits into his story this is verses 8 through 13 let's read it out he said remember this keep it in mind take it to heart you rebels remember the former things those of long ago i am god and there is no other i am god and there is none like me i make known the end from the beginning from ancient times what is still to come I say my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. From the east, I summon off birds of a prey. From far off land, a man to fulfill my purpose. Here's one thing. Our, God's story can't fit into our story. I lived that way for so long and I found myself completely discontent and disappointment, disappointed with how things were going. Our story has to fit in his story. And now I'm really corny when I say this, but his story and history baby history and history god has a really really good history with his word and what he says never fails his word never returns void the reason why i keep repeating these things is because it's so easy for us myself mostly to forget that god was here before me and he had me in mind when he created this story and whether i like it or not i'm a part of it my story even the story that I worshiped, even the story that I made up, even the story that was filled up with so much pain and hope, but burden and beauty, misery and miracles is all built up in his story. When we think about these characters in the Bible, it's not just their story. We see their story and read it, but it's in the bigger tapestry and the bigger story of what God is creating. And no matter how you told the story, they were a part of what God was doing. God wasn't just a part of what they were doing. God is telling you right now, the way he's telling me, I will take you and I'll take your story and make it good. Because I can do that. My history proves that I can do that. We make these plans and we say, oh, all that I have to do. And I said, not just I hoped and I believed, I was committed to worshiping the story that I was going to tell. And do you know what comes with that? A lot of turmoil and work and planning and controlling and it was just so tiring and God says this well, we read it here in Isaiah where it says my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please when we move down to verse 11 he says what I have said I will bring about it's not what I have said you will have to now do so that pressure that you're feeling to get it all right it doesn't exist with God he says what I have said I will bring about what I have planned, 
I will do. And that is why God's history reigns supreme over our story. Because what he said he will do, he will actually set out and do it. He doesn't just speak things over our life and then doesn't do it for us. He walks with us. He has a relationship with us. We get to know him. He gets to show us what he loves and knows about us. God is the one that gets it done. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. God is the one that gets things done. He's been there too. God had an intention for us, a way he wanted us to live. And then he had to go and he had to hide. And I don't mean hide in a scary way, but I'm saying that God had to set up now the personal relationship where him and I get to know each other in a really real way for us to want to be curious and hungry to know him. There's an intention for all of us to get together. And I'm excited. That'd be something totally different that we can talk about. But it's like what Hayden said. He says, God is not just choosing people that think that they're righteous. He's looking for people that know that they're sinners. What peace comes with knowing that I'm a sinner and I still fit into God's story because he's the one who did it. I'm sure he felt pain too. Every single time that we turn away from him, every single time that we choose things over him, every single time that we insult ourselves and say bad things about ourselves or we're riddled with shame and anxiety and pain because he died so that we didn't have to live that way, but so that we could really live in the fullness of his love. He's been there too. And even then, what was in the mind of the father still remained. I can imagine how Jesus felt having to leave the disciples, having to be crucified on the cross. But even in that, even in his personal story was the bigger story of all that God was doing. And in this last part where he says, listen to me, you stubborn hearted, you who are now far from my righteousness, I am bringing my righteousness near. It is not far away and my salvation will not be delayed. I will grant salvation to Zion, my splendor to Israel. When I read this, God was saying, come with me, Lauren. You don't have to be righteous because I'm righteous and I'm near. And my story is going to completely embrace everything you are. I'll take you and the story. I'll take you and the pain. I'll take you and I'll take the scars. I'll take you and I'll take the fact that you feel abandoned. And my story will completely rewrite everything that is in your heart. And it'll be engraved deeper than anything else that you ever heard. I don't want to keep on going way too long about this and draw it on longer than it has. I just want to do what I think God wants me to do. And what I believe he wants me to do, which is just to bless people and to just to spread the word and the good news of his love. It really doesn't matter where you're in with your walk in Christ. If there's anything that you take away from this, it should be this that God is good on his word. His history proves it and he will take you and your story and he will rewrite something so beautiful. Not rewrite what he said, but rewrite your story and the things that you've said because he's just good like this. And in the moment that you think that you've lost it all, ask yourself that question that God is asking you. Did you lose everything or did you just lose a story that you wanted to tell? Because I have beautiful things for you. And you're blessed when you lose a story that you wanted to tell. Then you can be embraced by the dearest story to you. The one that he spoke and called all along. 1513, family, 
I am so, so happy and grateful to be here. We're about to shut it down. Please utilize our social media and DM us. If you hear something in this that you want to talk about or if you're hearing this and you decide that you want to have a relationship with Christ, let us know. We want to pray for you and be there for you. And, you know, I've grown up in a non-denominational church, but I've also been in a traditional church too. And I don't want to put pressure on anybody to do anything. But I do want to pray as we finish this and just say thank you, God, for all that you're doing. I still fall short of everything that I just said. But the fact that I'm speaking right now is a part of your story. And slowly but surely, you are rewriting the story that I have been telling myself that my voice is not valued and that I'm not enough. But thank you for redeeming me. Thank you for taking me and my story and fitting it into you, God. Thank you for showing me that I actually didn't lose it all. But I got the best gift and I was granted righteousness that I didn't even have to bring about on my own. Thank you for loving me. If there's anybody hearing the sound of my voice right now, God, let them hear you. And let them hear you say, I want to be close to you and I want to know you. Don't worry about all the tasks at hand that need to be done. Don't worry about all the behaviors that you keep trying to formulate and simulate to make perfect. I want you just as you are. And all you have to do is say yes in your heart and I know. The people on the outside may not know, but I know. I have a personal relationship with you. And this is a part of the story. And you are a part of my story, whether you want to be or not. God, we're just so thankful for all that you're doing and we're expectant and excited for you to continue to write the story for us this week until the end of our days. Thank you guys so much. I'm so excited to be sharing this. Uh, like I said, I don't want to drag it out. 1513, I love you. Hope is absolutely on the way. Love you guys. Bye.